Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ghfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa sayyati amalina ma yahdihillahu falamudillala wa ma yudlil falahadiyalah wa ashhadu an la ilaha inna allahu wa indahu la sharika la wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh ya ayyuhalladhina amanu takullaha haqqa tuqati ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوز عظيم أما بعد فإن أصدق الكلام كلام الله وحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وبعد عندي الإخوان دي gatherings of أهل السنة and the people of Sunnah coming together for the purpose, ikhwan, of al-ijtima' upon ilm, gathering upon knowledge and reminding each other indeed is from the things that Allah Azza wa Jalla has blessed Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah with. And those gatherings were gatherings, ayyuh al-ikhwah, that min qadim al-zaman and from the earliest of generations were gatherings that revolved around mudhakara, gatherings that revolved around reminding each other and reminding one another of the ahadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And it is in those gatherings that the hearts come together and draw closer one to another. And that the mahabba and that the love of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, it grows. And that no doubt, ikhwan, is part of the subject of the hadith that we are going to inshallah look at today. Beautiful hadith. Hadith that was collected by Imam al-Bukhari رحمه الله تعالى الإمام البخاري رحمه الله يمنشن في كتاب كتاب الفضائل إن الصحيح with his chain of narration wherein he mentions حدثنا سليمان بن حرب قال حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن ثابت يعني ثابت بن أسلم البناني عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه أن رجلا سأل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الساعة Imam al-Bukhari, he mentions his chain of narration, going back to Anas ibn Malik, wherein he mentioned that indeed a man asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anissa'ah. A man asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concerning the hour. And so the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he qal, when the man he asked, mata sa'ah, when is the hour? The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he responded, مَا أَعْدَدْتَ لَهَا He responded by saying, What is it that you have prepared for it? What have you prepared for it? And so the man, he responded by saying, لَا شَيْءٍ إِلَّا أَنِّي أُحِبَّ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ He said, I have not prepared anything for it. And that, I'm just being honest. 
being likewise uh, humble. I haven't prepared anything for it except that I love Allah Azza wa Jal and His Messenger. Now, and so the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he responded by saying a principle in actuality that that statement of his it formulates in essence a principle. And that is that he responded by saying, Anta ma'man ahbabta. And as occurs in some riwayat and some versions of the hadith, Al-mar'u ma'man ahab. That verily you will be with those whom you love. So he said that I haven't prepared much for Yawm Al-Qiyamah. I haven't prepared much for the Sa'a. Except that I love Allah and His Messenger. And so the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he responded by saying, Anta ma'man ahbabta. Or al-mar'u ma'man ahab. That indeed, you will be with those who you love. Or in a very narration, a person will be with those who he loves. And that hadith, ikhwan, is an, a, a, a tremendous hadith. And it brought joy to the companions of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. He said, فَمَا فَرِحْنَا بِشَيْءٍ فَرِحْنَا بِقَوْلِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَنْتَ مَعْمَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ قَالَ أَنَسْ فَأَنَا أُحِبُّ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَأَبَا بَكْرٍ وَعُمَرٍ وَأَرْجُوا أَنْ أَكُونَ مَعْهُمْ بِحُبِّي إِيَّاهُمْ وَإِنْ أَعْمَلْ بِمِثْلِ أَعْمَالِهِمْ That he mentions, and as occurs in some riwayat, وَإِنْ لَا وَإِنْ لَمْ أَعْلَمْ أَعْمَلْ بِمِثْلِ أَعْمَالِهِمْ That he mentions that indeed, our gathering, yani we the gathering of the companions, we were not pleased and happy about a statement the way that we were happy about his statement, Anta ma'man ahbabt, that you will be with those who you love. He said that we were not pleased with the statement, the way we were pleased with that statement. He said, because verily I love the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I love the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. And I love Abu Bakr and I love Umar radiallahu anhumah. And I hope, that I will be with them on the basis of my love for them, even if I do not carry out the actions that they performed. Not that ikhwan, uh, is a qaida and a principle fil mahabba. One of the issues, ikhwan, an important issue related to mahabba, related to the affair of love, and those who one loves. The Messenger وسلم, he made that statement and each and every one of us should reflect ikhwan, upon where we are in relation to it. Al-mar'u ma'man ahbabta aw anta ma'man ahbabt wal-mar'u ma'man ahab A person will be with those who he loves. And thus ikhwan, each and every one of us should be asking ourselves where is our muhabba? Where is our love? Where are our hearts really? And with whom? Are our hearts 
with Ahl Sunnah, having love for them, having closeness to them, are our hearts with the ulama of this ummah, the ulama of Ahl Sunnah, loving them, desiring to be with them and like them, even if one does not perform the actions that they carried out, where is our love and where, where are our hearts in actuality? And indeed, ikhwan, the scholars and the shurrah of hadith, those who explain hadith, they have many beautiful statements, ikhwan, that they mention concerning this hadith of the Messenger sallallahu uh, And that is the scholars of the past and the scholars of present. And from the scholars of our present time who have mentioned benefits around the hadith, we have our Shaykh, Shaykhna, our Ustad and our teacher, the Allama Shaykh, Abdul Muqsin al-Abbad, Hafidahullahu Ta'ala, the Muhaddith of Medina. Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he has an explanation of the hadith, mentions some benefits and some points, as do others from among the scholars of hadith. From the benefits that he mentions from the hadith and related to the hadith, is that he said that indeed this man, this individual, he asked the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Mata saa? When is the hour?" Some of the riwayat, ikhwan, some of the versions of the hadith, Al Hafid ibn Hajar, he mentions that that individual, as occurs in some riwayat and some versions, he was a man min ahlil badia. That is, he was a man from the desert, yani from the Bedouins, from the Bedouin Arabs. Yet some riwayat mention that in actuality the individual was Dhul Khwaisira, At-Tamimi. The questioner was Dhul Khwaisira, At-Tamimi. And some of you may be acquainted with Dhul Khwaisira, for indeed he was the individual who on an occasion when the messenger was dividing and sharing the spoils of war, he said, I'dil ya Muhammad. He said, be just, O Muhammad. Because verily this qisma and this division of yours is a division that does not have any justice. And so the messenger wasallam he said, who will be just if I am not just? And so the man turned and walked away. And one of the companions said, Leave me to strike the neck of this munafiq. Leave me to strike the neck of this hypocrite. And so the Messenger of Allah prohibited him from doing so. And then said, Leave him for indeed. From this man, there will come a people who you will compare your salah to their salah. And you will compare your, your fasting to their fasting. And you will consider it insignificant. And they will enter and go in and out of the religion as an arrow goes through its game. And that was a reference, of course, to the Khawarij. Uh, and so, the questioner, if it is established that it is Dul Khwaisira, then his statement that indeed I love Allah and His Messenger, we found that later. That claim of his love was one that manifested with this statement of insolence. 
concerning the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And so, ikhwan, the fact that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Anta ma'man ahbabta," we have in that a benefit. And that is that the Messenger وسلم, if we're going to say that it is Dhul Khwaisim, if those riwayat are established, that the individual Dhul Khwaisira, he went on to become what he went on to become. But when we return back and look at the actual statement, this incident here, when he said that I love Allah, I haven't prepared much, but I love Allah and His Messenger, the Messenger وسلم, he did not say to him, you will be with Allah and His Messenger. The Messenger وسلم, responded by saying, Anta ma'man ahbabta. He established the principle and didn't apply it upon him. Specifically. He didn't say that you will be with Allah and His Messenger. Rather he said, lay down the qa'idah. You will be with those who you love. And that then, Ikhwan, is and has in it uh, a benefit, Ikhwan, uh, in relation to our understanding of the statement of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the fact that because of the fact that a Messenger وسلم, made a statement to an individual, uh, we should be careful about what we understand and extrapolate from it. And we should be careful about applying that hadith upon a, a specific circumstance if the messenger didn't specify that. And here, we do not have that specification from the messenger that you will be with, with Allah and His messenger. Now, uh, and so, the versions of the, the narration that mention that I haven't prepared much but indeed I love Allah and His Messenger, and mentioned that it was Dhul Khwaisira. They likewise mentioned that it was the same individual that went and urinated thereon after, after this statement, that he went and urinated in the corner of the masjid. Similarly, Ikhwan, from the benefits of the ahadith, of the hadith, we have that which is established from the Messenger وسلم, when he was asked the question, when is the hour? The Messenger وسلم, he didn't return to him with a specific answer related to the time of the hour. Rather, he turned the questioner's attention to that which was more important for him. And that is, what is most important right now and, most, and is immediately important for you, is ma a'dadtalaha. Don't concern yourself with when it is. Rather concern yourself with what have you prepared for it. Because the knowledge of the hour is with Allah Azza wa Jal. None of us know of it. None of us will know when it is established. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he was asked by Jibreel about the hour, the Messenger himself responded by saying, he said that indeed the one who is questioned about it knows no more than the questioner. So the knowledge of the hour is from the 
specific aspects of knowledge that are specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَعِنْدَهُ عِلْمَ السَّاعَةِ Allah azza wa jal possesses the knowledge of the hour alone. And that is then, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he turned his attention to that which is most important. And Hafid ibn Hajar, he mentions, Ala al-Kirmani, Salaka ma'asail uslubun hakim. He said that the Messenger وسلم, he used a very wise approach with the questioner. And that is that he turned his attention to other than the affair that he actually sought, to other than the affair that he actually sought after. And he turned it to that which was of importance to him. Or, ma huwa aham. What was more important than his actual question? And that ikhwan is from the wisdom of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it is something that we see our scholars emulating the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam upon. That on occasions individuals would question, and the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would turn their attention to that which was of most importance to them. That is, there is an issue that is more important than the actual question that you've asked. And so concerning yourself with that which is more important than your actual question is what uh, anyone who seeks after his own salvation should, should do. And on some occasions the Messenger وسلم, he turned in, res in response to a questioner he responded to the question and gave him additional benefit that he didn't ask about. As for example, in the hadith of Abi Hurairah, when a group of individuals came to the Messenger وسلم, and they said, he said that indeed, verily, O Messenger of Allah, we are a people who ride the waves, yani we're sailors. And we bring with us a small amount of water. If we make wudu with that water, then we will become thirsty. So can we make water, uh, make wudu with the water of the sea? Valid question. It's a valid question, why ikhwan? Why would that be a valid question? Why, why would it not be looked upon as a silly question or a foolish question? Huh? Because seawater is salty. And the origin concerning ma'at tahur is that number one, ma'at tahur, pure water, la yughayiruhu shay. That water that is pure and is permissible to be used to purify oneself, wudu and ghusl, it is that water that none of the three characteristics have changed. The three characteristics being? Huh? Color, taste, and smell. There occurs in a hadith that pure water is not made impure by anything except that which overcomes its color, smell, and its taste. As far as that hadith, then it is a hadith that is weak. Hadith of Abi Umama al-Bahili 
in his chain of narration is an individual known as Rishdeen ibn Sa'ad. But the statement, except that which has been changed in color, smell and taste, there is ijma' upon that meaning. There is consensus of the scholars that that is the case, that pure water may be used to purify oneself. Other than that, which has been changed by way of its color, its smell, or its taste. So the Messenger ﷺ, when he was asked a question about the water of the sea, he responded by saying, That its water is pure and its dead are halal. Did the man ask the Messenger ﷺ about the dead of the sea? Huh? He didn't ask about the dead of the sea. He asked about making wudu with seawater, bas. But when he explained the fact that he was a sailor, and he explained the fact that as a sailor we ride the waves, we bring a small amount of water with us, the Messenger ﷺ, in his response, he responded to the issue, and he added that which was of benefit to him. That since you ride the waves, since you're out at sea, number one, you're going to need to know the hukum and the ruling of making wudu with sea water. And number two, it may be of benefit for you to know that the dead of the sea is all halal. You can eat anything from the dead of the sea, doesn't require slaughtering, and it is not looked upon as the mayit, the dead animal, lamb, yani goat, cow, camel, that it is haram to consume. Rather, the dead of the sea uh, is halal. So the messenger, in some instances, would respond by turning the person away from a question that is not relevant to him, towards an answer that is more specific to him and more relevant to him. And on occasions, he would answer the question and add something that is of benefit to him. And our scholars, Ikhwan, we see, they take from that and they benefit from the adab of the shaykh and of the alim with the questioner and with the mustafti with the one who seeks a fatwa and in that likewise is benefit for the caller to Allah جل, that the caller to Allah on some occasions if he is questioned or if someone approaches him or if a person for example in your workplaces your neighbors or what have you they ask you about certain questions and you know that behind that question there is an issue. The real reason that he's asking you that question is number one to deal with that, that particular issue, but actually there is something else that is bothering him. And occasionally the da'i and the person who listens, he perceives that. And actually there was something else that is of concern to him. Uh, and so, it is from the wisdom of the caller that he responds to his issue and he likewise, in his resp response, he addresses an issue that he believe or that he may believe that uh, this uh, individual actually, his issue actually is related to that. And so, for example, if a person were to ask from those individuals, مثلاً, who are from the, uh, or from those who blindly follow the madhab. And it appears, mathalan, that he is Shafi'i, mathalan. For example. And so this man, he is 
repeatedly asking about Al-Imam Shafi'i. What do you say about him? And what do you say about him in comparison to Imam Ahmad? And what do you say about him in relation to Imam Malik? And what do you con consider concerning the praise of such and such for him? And what do you say about his madhab? That he addresses his questions, but he perceives from his questioning that this man may have some issues with taqlid and blind following of one of the schools of thought, for example. And thus, he responds in a manner that likewise addresses some of those things that are apparent from the, the uh, question of the questioner that he is uh, uh, under trial by. Now, similarly from the benefits then of the hadith, is in the statement of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or Anta Ma'man Ahbabt, Hafid ibn Hajar, he mentions, that is, Mulhaqun bihim, Hatta takuna min zumratihim, Wabihada yandafi iradu, Anna manazilahum, Mutathawita, Fakayfa tasihul ma'iyya, Here, Al-Hafid ibn Hajar, he mentions, the statement of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that you will be with the one whom you love, that is, you are mulhaqun bihim, that you are added, or you are considered from among their uh, ranks, and from among, uh, or, or with them. And it doesn't necessitate that you being with them means that you are, you are like them, or you're the same as them. And that repels a doubt that a person may have, that mathalan in the hereafter, the people are of levels. And so how can it be said that one will be with uh, the Messenger wasallam, for example? Or one will be with the companions, for example? When the people are of levels, that is, you are with and, an among, and in and among their ranks. And you are deemed from them and from their group. Even though you are not on the same level as them. And that no doubt, Ibn Hajar he mentions, إِنَّ الْمَعِيَّةِ تَحْصُلْ بِمُجَرَّدِ الْإِجْتِمَاعَ فِي شَيْءٍ مَا لَا تَلْزَمْ فِي جَمِيعِ الْأَشْيَاءِ He said that indeed the, this ma'iyya or this being with uh, the uh, messenger and his companions, for example, that he mentions, it is acquired just by an individual coming together with those people in some things. Not necessarily in every single thing. And that then, uh, he mentions, فَإِذَا اتَّفَقَ أَنَّ الْجَمِيعِ دَخَلُوا الْجَنَّةِ صَدَقَتِ الْمَعِيَّةِ وَإِنْ تَغَاوَتَتِ الدَّرَجَاتِ So if, for example, we say that they were all as a response that they will all enter Jannah. Yani you are with them yani in Jannah. Though within Jannah itself, Jannah it has levels and it has darajat. And so you are with them, yani you will be with them Yawm Al-Qiyamah and you will be with them in Jannah. Though the levels in Jannah no doubt Ikhwan differ. Similarly from the benefits of the Hadith, Ayyuhal Ikhwah, is that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he made that statement, 
We have the statement of Anas ibn Malik who said that by Allah we were not happy with the statement, the way that we were happy with the statement of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that is that he mentioned that indeed uh, because I love the Messenger and I love Abu Bakr and I love Umar. Uh, and so this statement then uh, is and establishes the fact uh, that فَمَا فَرِحْنَا As Anas mentioned بَعْدَ الْإِسْلَامِ فَرْحِنَا أَشَدُّ مِنْ قَوْلِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ أو مَا فَرِحْنَا بَعْدَ الْإِسْلَامِ فَرْحًا أَفْوًا أَشَدُّ مِنْ قَوْلِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ فَإِنَّكَ مَعْمًا أَحْبَبْتَ That Anas ibn Malik, he said that there was, we didn't receive pleasure, we did not have happiness and joy about something after our Islam, the way that we were happy and received joy about the statement of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, similarly, Ikhwan, from the benefits of the hadith, is that which Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he mentions, that as far as the affair of the Messenger sallallahu saying that, or Anna saying that, I love the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that I love the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr and Umar, Anas ibn Malik, he gathered between the Messenger sallallahu sallam and his two companions, Abu Bakr and Umar, in mahabba, in this love that he had for them. And that he loved them alongside the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that necessitates that loving an individual has a connection to loving the one that that individual loves. That it is related. Because since the Messenger wasallam had strong love for Abu Bakr and Umar, the closest of his companions, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he didn't say, Verily, I love the messenger and I love the companions. But he specified in mention, I love the messenger وسلم, and I love Abu Bakr and I love Umar. Because Anas ibn Malik knew that the messenger وسلم, from his companions, he loved those two companions and they were the closest of uh, his companions to him. And so Anas ibn Malik he made mention of that which is related to him loving the messenger and loving those who the messenger loved. And every uh, believer should love. Uh, and therefore, uh, the messenger wasallam, Allah Azza wa Jal had made mention concerning the messenger. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ اللَّهُ غَفُرُ الرَّحِيمُ Say, if you love Allah, then follow me. And Allah Azza wa Jal will love you and forgive you your sins. And indeed Allah is غَفُرُ الرَّحِيمُ He mentions, وَقَدْ جَمَعَ اللَّهُ بَيْنَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَصَاحِبَيْهِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَفِي التُّرْبَى 
وفي البرزخ وهما معه في الجنة وهما أفضل من ولدته النساء بعد الأنبياء والمرسلين He said that Allah عز وجل as it relates to the messenger Abu Bakr and Umar Allah gathered between them in the dunya and gathered between them in the turba yani beneath the dunya after they were buried Allah عز وجل gathered between them even in their place of burial likewise Allah عز وجل will gather between them in the barzakh and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather between them in Jannah. And they are the best of those, or they are the best of individuals that any woman, or any of the women have ever given birth to. They were the best human beings, after the prophets and the messengers, that any woman has ever given birth to. He said, وَأَفْضَلَهُمَ السِّدِّيقِ رضي الله عنه وبعده عمر في الفضل وعثمان رضي الله عنه ثم علي رضي الله عنه وعن سائر الصحابة أجمعين and so the best of them is Abu Bakr in virtue and then Umar and then Uthman and then Ali and then the rest of the companions رضي الله عنهم أجمعين from the benefits of the hadith, Ikhwan, we have العلماء, an extremely important benefit. العلماء, that is that we return back to our ulama and to ask them concerning the affairs of the deen, the affairs of the religion. Where is that ikhwan in the hadith? Ar-ruju ila al-ulama. Since there is not one alim mentioned in the hadith. Where is that benefit in the hadith? A man came to the messenger sallallahu alayhi and asked, Mata sa'a? When is the hour? The messenger sallallahu he said, Ma a'adadta laha? What have you prepared for it? He said, La shay. وَلَكِنِّي أُحِبُّ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ He said, I haven't prepared anything for it. In some versions it mentions, I haven't prepared a lot of salah and fasting, but I love Allah and His Messenger. And then the Messenger ﷺ, he said, الْمَرْءُ مَعْمَنْ أَحَبُّ Or, الْمَرْءُ أَنْتَ مَعْمَنْ أَحْبَبْتُ That you will be who, with whom you love. يعني, يوم القيامة. Where then? Do we have this benefit in the hadith of returning back to the ulama and asking them concerning the affairs of the deen? Huh? The man came to the Prophet himself and, and he asked him a question. And so where is the link then? Link it, ikhwan. Huh? Ask the people of knowledge, but here we have a messenger. Person of knowledge, no doubt. Hmm. Loving who the Prophet loves, or who? Yani the connection between loving who the Prophet loves. We're still not quite hitting the point, Ikhwan. Close. 
احسنت العلماء ورثه الانبياء the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that the ulama they are the inheritors of the anbiya they are the inheritors of the prophets and just as this individual he approached the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam to ask about an affair of aqeedah when is the hour o messenger of allah similarly those who exist after the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then the messenger is not alive for us to return back to him ikhwan but we do have those who the messenger informed us of are his inheritors and the inheritors of all of the prophets and the messengers and they are the ulama al ulama waratsul anbiya and as we mentioned ikhwan here the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that the ulama are the waratsul anbiya that the ulama are the war are the inheritors of the prophets and he did not say waratsul rusul he did not say that they are the inheritors of the rusul of the messengers since the messengers were those who came ordinarily with new books as sheikh islam taymiyah mentions in kitab al-nubuwwat that the messengers were those who came ordinarily with new books though not always uh, do we have it established that they brought a new book allah azza wa jal referred to ismail as a messenger as a rasul Allah Azza wa Jal referred to Yusuf as a Rasul, but we don't have any evidence of them having new books. But ordinarily, the messenger came with a new book. While the Prophet, the Nabi, he re-established and reiterated and revitalized and rejuvenated the message that was present and that was given in one of the previous books. And so in that sense, the ulama, they resemble the anbiya in that they bring to life and they reestablish <coughs> and they cultivate the people upon the way of the messenger upon the way of the uh, uh, the wahi or the previous revelation that was sent and so when allah azza wa jal mentions in the quran fas'alu ahli dhikr in kuntum la ta'lamun ask the people of the reminder if you do not know allah was returning us back to those who are resemblant to the prophets and the messengers in every time and they are the ulama they are our scholars and so in it ikhwan we have ar-ruju' returning back to our scholars in relation to the affairs of the deen and those things that ashkala alayna likewise from the benefits of the hadith is the rifq of the alim with the sa'il is the alim being gentle with uh, the questioner and asking him or benefiting him rather with fawaid and with affairs that are relative to him from the affair of or that which would make this benefit clearer is the fact that in some versions of the hadith it mentions that he entered he asked the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam the question and then he went and he urinated in the corner of the masjid bedouin bedouin yani uh he's not acquainted ikhwan with hadara and with city living and so he came asked a question when he urinated in the corner of the masjid and so the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he did so and the companions they rushed towards him to prevent him and to stop him the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam left them told them to leave him told them to leave him 
And then once he had finished urinating, that he commanded that a bucket of water be poured over uh, his urine. And then he explained that the masjid is not for these things. The masjid is not for these things. Verily, it is for salah, qiraatul Quran, and the mention and the dhikr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And so the, the scholars, they extrapolate benefits from that qissa and from the story. And that is having rith with the jahil, having gentleness and being easy with the one who is ignorant. Rather than preventing him while he's in the middle of his uh, urination, leave him to finish. That will only cause more facade. Right now he's urinating in one place. If you got to chase him and to prevent him, he's going to rise from his place. And that urine is going to spread if he hasn't completed and finished uh, urinating. And so from wisdom is to leave him to finish. He started now, leave him to finish. And then the Messenger took a bucket or commanded that a bucket be poured over it. And then the messenger didn't, didn't chastise him. The messenger didn't discipline him with any form of beating or anything of that nature. Rather, the messenger taught him. Because he obviously carried out that affair because of his ignorance, his extreme ignorance. And so in it we have the, the rift of the alim with the sa'il, him being gentle, uh, uh, with the questioner and having concern for that which is of importance to him not just concern for answering his question if it was just about having concern for answering his question then the Messenger would have uh, responded by saying Allahu A'lam, I don't know no one knows but Allah but the Messenger he turned his attention to what was of concern and relative to him which indicates ikhwan this rifq uh, and this care for the questioner. Likewise, from its benefits is the shafaqah and the uh, the care of the Messenger وسلم, for the guidance of his ummah. Similarly, Ikhwan, from its benefits, we have the fact that in this uh, hadith, min husnil islam al mar, tarkuhu ma la ya'ni. In the hadith, is that from the good Islam of an individual is that he leaves alone that which does not concern him. Where is that in the hadith, Ikhwan? Huh? Where in the hadith do we have the benefit that from the good Islam of a person is for him to leave alone what does not concern him? Ahsant. Huh? When he asked about the hour, the affair of the hour and when it will take place is of no concern to you. That is not knowledge that me and you are privy to. That is not knowledge that me and you may share. That is from the soul uh, 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 affairs that Allah Azza wa alone knows. Therefore, leave alone that which is not of concern to you. And concern yourself with that which is of most important and relative to you since you're asking about the day of judgment. Because the day of judgment is the day of just that, judgment. And it is the day of reckoning. And it is the day when your deeds will be gathered and your scrolls will be laid out. 
And as the Messenger sallallahu wasallam, he said, فَيَنْظُرُ أَيْمَنَ مِنْهُ فَلَا يَرَى إِلَّا مَا قَدَّمْ And the Messenger explained to us that لَيْسَ مِنْكُمْ أَوْ مَا مِنْ أَحَدٍ إِلَّا سَيُكَلِّمُهُ رَبُّهُ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ تُرْجُمَانٍ that there is not one of us except that his Lord shall address him. Yani yawm al-qiyamah. And there will be no translator between him and his Lord. He would yandur aymana minhu. He would look to his right. Wala yara illa ma qaddam. He will look to his right and will not see other than that which he has put forward from deeds. Wayandur ash'ama minhu. Wala yara illa ma qaddam. He will look to his left and will not see except that which he has put forward. And from deeds, and some of Ahl al-Ilm mentioned, that is his good deeds to his right and his bad deeds to his left. And he will look before him and not see except the fire. And so fear the fire. Fear the fire even if it is with half a date. Thus, Ikhwan, that which is of importance is how you will fare on the day of judgment, not when it is. How will you fare on that day? And the only way that you will be successful is by preparing for it with iman and with sound belief and aqidah and with correct manhaj and methodology and by carrying out righteous actions and by fulfilling salihat and doing those deeds that draw one closer to Allah Azza wa Jal and will cause him to earn the love of Allah Subhanahu. And so ikhwan, uh, the most important mas'ala, the most important affair is our preparing for Yawm Al-Qiyamah and our preparation for that great day. In it likewise, we have the uh, the station of the companions and their desire for seeking khair and their desire for seeking good. And that no doubt manifests in the statement of Anas likewise when Anas ibn Malik, he mentioned that indeed there was nothing from the righteous actions or nothing from the, uh, the things after Islam that gave us joy. The way we were happy with the statement of the Messenger وسلم, that you will be or a man will be with, who, with those whom he loves. So Ikhwan, it is imperative that when we reflect upon the likes of these ahadith, that we ask ourselves concerning the people of Sunnah and Khair of the past and the people of Sunnah and Khair in our era, in our time, where are we in terms of loving them? Where are we in terms of loving the companions of the Messenger? And if we claim to love them, then what do we know about them? What is it that we know about them? This claim of love that we have. This claim of love that we have for the Tabi'een and their successors and the Atba'a Tabi'een. This claim of love that we have for them, if we claim to love them, what do we know about them? Because that would be part and parcel of the, 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 the truthful nature of our claim of love. That if we love them, then we would have a burning desire to know more about them, to study their lives, to be acquainted with them, to increase in the knowledge of them. Where are we then? the knowledge of the companions of the Messenger Even the most major from among them, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali, 
Where are we in the knowledge of those companions? That which is related to them. Their Islam, their deen, their seerah, their story. Where are we in relation to knowledge of the a'imma, of this deen? After the companions, the tabi'een, the atba' tabi'een, who they are, who they were students of, how they studied, how they lived their lives, how they worshipped Allah Azza wa Jal. Where are we in the knowledge of those who came later from among the great scholars of this ummah? And then where are we in the knowledge of the scholars of our time? And where are we in terms of having love for them? Desiring to meet them? Desiring to take from them, to benefit from them? Clinging to their advice even if it goes against our desires? Clinging to what they have informed us of even if it goes against what we incline towards? Where are we in terms of loving the people of Sunnah and Salafiyyah generally? Or are we from those who have those forked tongues and do nothing but spit venom concerning the people of Sunnah and the people of Athar and the people of Khayr? Where are we actually? But know, Ikhwan, that the principle is one that is applicable nonetheless. Al-mar'u ma'man ahabbed. وَأَنْتَ مَعْمَنْ أَحْبَبْتْ A man will be with those who he loves. And you will be with those who you love. So if it is that your love is for the people of bid'ah and innovation, and those who actually are against the people of sunnah, and speak ill of them, or your inclination is towards some singer, or some actor, or some football player, and really that love that you have in your qalb, if it is anyone on earth that you love, then it is those individuals. Then know that al-mar'u ma'man ahab. That brothers and sisters is of major importance. Each and every one of us should ask ourselves. Each and every one of us should probe ourselves internally. Who is it that I really love? Who is it that I incline towards? When Allah Azza wa has commanded us, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attakullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. O ye who believe, fear Allah and be with the truthful. We round up, ikhwan, with this beautiful statement of Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah ta'ala. Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, he speaks, ikhwan, concerning the hadith. Uh, and he warns, he mentioned, rahimahullah ta'ala, لا تغتر بقولك المرء مع من أحب أن من أحب قوما اتبع آثارهم ولن تلحق الأبرار حتى تتبع آثارهم He said that indeed you should not be beguiled and deceived by your statement a man will be with those who he loves. You should not be deceived and beguiled. By your statement, a person will be with those who he loves. He said, for verily, the one who loves the people that he follows their athar, 
He follows their example. He said, and you will not be with, coupled with, and likened to the abrar and the righteous until you follow their example. وَتَأْخُذْ بِهَدْيِهِمْ وَتَقْتَدِي بِسُنَّتِهِمْ Until you follow their guidance and you, you emulate their sunnah and their way. وَتُمْسِي وَتُصْبِحْ وَأَنْتَ عَلَى مَنَاهِجِهِمْ That you see your evenings and your mornings upon their manahij and upon their manhaj and their methodology. وَإِن كُنْتَ مُقَسِّرًا فِي الْعَمَلِ Even if you have some shortcomings and deficiency as it relates to your actions. فَإِنَّ أَمْلَاكَ الْأَمَرُ أَمْ تَكُنْ عَلَى الْإِسْتِقَامَةِ فَإِنَّ مَلَاكَ الْأَمَرُ تَكُنْ عَلَى الْإِسْتِقَامَةِ He said that indeed the reality of your affair is that you should be upon istiqama. Amara aita al-Yahud, yani you should be upon uprightness. Amara aita al-Yahud wa al-Nasara, wa ahl al-Ahwa al-Radiya, yuhibbuna anbiya'ahum wa laysu ma'ahum, li'annahum khalafuhum fi al-Qawli wa al-Amal. He said, do you not see the Yahud and the Nasara do you not see the Jews and the Christians and the people of Hawa, the people of desires, those who are upon an evil way <coughs> and an evil path? Verily, they love their prophets. They love their, pro their prophets. They love their messengers. The Yahud, if you speak to them, and they claim to love Musa. The Christians, if you speak to them, then they love Jesus. And you will see them in tears in their ceremonies and in their gatherings on the basis of that which they claim from love for Isa ibn Maryam and for Jesus. And you will see likewise the people of Hawa and the people of Desires claiming to love Muhammad wasallam. You've seen the Mawlid processions. And the lights, ikhwan, and the glitter, and the tears and buka, claiming to love the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said, ma'ahum." But the reality is, they are not with them. Those Yahud, they will not be with Musa. The Nasara, the Jew, the Christians. They will not be with Isa. Those individuals from Ahlul Bid'ati wa Barala, they will not be with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? لِأَنَّهُمْ خَالَفُوهُمْ فِي الْقَوْلِ وَالْعَمَلِ Because they oppose them in statement and action. وَسَلَكُوا غَيْرَ فَرِيقِهِمْ فَسَارَ مَوْرِدُهُمُ النَّارِ نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ النَّارِ he said, that is because of the fact that they oppose them in statement and action. And they followed a path other than theirs, other than their way. And so their maurid, yani their destination, their place of abode, shall be the fire. And we seek refuge in Allah from the fire. Yunus ibn Ubaid, 
uh, used to or mentioned in some lines of poetry. فَإِنَّكَ مَنْ يُعْجِبُكَ لَا تَكُنْ مِثْلَهُ إِذَا أَنْتَ لَمْ تَصْنَعْ كَمَا كَانَ يَصْنَعُ That indeed you and those who you claim to love, those who uh, amaze you and you love them, لَا تَكُنْ مِثْلَهُ You will not be like them. إِذَا أَنْتَ لَمْ تَصْنَعْ كَمَا كَانَ يَصْنَعُ If you do as they did not used to do. Uh, if of one, you do not do as they used to do. You will not be with them or like them if you do not do that which they used to do. Now, uh, and so he mentions as occurs in a hadith cry. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُمْ فَتَبَاكَوْ Cry. And he cry over your sins. Cry over the affair of your standing Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And if you are not able to cry, then pretend to cry. If you are not able to cry, then he then attempt to cry. And that then is the Messenger Sallallahu establishing the importance of one weeping over his sins. And if he cannot be from among those who weep over his sins, then at least try and do so. At least try and make that manifest upon yourself. And that is a hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Indicating the importance of emulating someone even if one is not actually, does not actually have those actions. The importance of emulating them. فَمَنْ أَحَبَّ أَهْلَ الْخَيْرِ وَتَشَبَّهَ بِهِمْ جُهْدَهُ فَإِنَّهُ يُلْحَقُ بِهِمْ He said, for the one who loves the people of khayr, and he loves the people of good, and he resembles them to the best of his ability, then he will be gathered among them. And that, brothers and sisters, then, uh, is a beautiful hadith, one that we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us be from among the people who truly love the Messenger وسلم, the companions, the tabi'een, the atba'a tabi'een, and the a'immatu deen, and the salafiyyin, in every single time, ikhwan, in every place, uh, whether here uh, in Britain or across the dunya ajma'een, wallahu ta'ala a'lam, وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين Tawbah 119. Concerning the dead of the sea, Juan, 
the affair of the dead of the sea, the scholars of Juan they uh, have uh, they unanimous upon the fact that the dead of the sea, all of the animals from the sea, that they are all considered halal if they are from the animals of the sea. Uh, the scholars do differ though concerning the animals that are uh, those animals that are referred to as barrumai, animals that are barrumai. The animals that are barrumai are those animals that spend some time on land and some time in the sea, uh, like crabs, like uh, lobsters, like. Uh, 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 sea turtles possibly that uh, the animals that spend that live in the sea and live on land the scholars have differed concerning uh, the reality of those animals do they take the hukum and the ruling of the rest of the animals that live in the sea the fish of the sea or do they take the ruling of the land creatures uh, and that which is the strongest of the positions Ikhwan uh, is that the animals that live both on land and sea, the ruling is given to that which or to the place that they live and exist the most. That if they are predominantly sea animals and they are in need of water, in need of being in water, and they predominantly live in the water, then they, are, they take and are given uh, the ruling of the sea animals, uh, while if they are uh, yeah, and from the animals that live on the land uh, predominantly, then they are given the rule of the animals of the land. And so what then is the rule of one concerning frogs? What is the ruling of one concerning frogs? They're from the sea. Anybody disagree with that? that frogs are permissible. And and <laughs> frogs live in the sea. Uh, spend some time there. <laughs> need need water. Need water. All frogs. Some live on sea, some live on land. <laughs> Everybody in agreement with that? <laughs> so they came from the water and they moved to land, then they became amphibians, and eventually monkeys, and then we became human beings. <laughs> Timmy, 
So what you're saying is that he that he prohibited doing so. Uh, there is a hadith ikhwan, that the Messenger he was asked about using frogs within medicine. He was asked about using frogs uh, within medicine and the Messenger وسلم, prohibited that one should use frogs as medicine or within medicine. And so our scholars they take from that that if it is haram to use frogs within medicine, then mimbabi awla, it goes without saying that it is haram to consume frogs' legs, mathalan, as a French delicacy, <laughs> or as a meal, or barbecued, or alongside, yani, or as an hors d'oeuvre on the side of your plate. If it is haram to use it in medicine, then the asal and the origin is that the frog. Consuming the frog just generally as a meal uh, is and has been made prohibited. And so frogs, Ikhwan, uh, uh, do not fall into that general rule. Whether they, they are the type of frogs, if there are any that live the majority of their time in water. Allahu Akbar. Predators. Predators of the sea, all of them halal. All of them halal. Uh, predators of the sea, Ikhwan, all of them are halal. Uh, and it is a biblical rule, actually. It's a it's a uh, a, uh, a, a biblical hukum uh, that it is not permissible to eat scavengers of the sea. And so you'll find some staunch Christians, uh, for example, uh, Seventh Day Adventists, that they will not eat mackerel, for example, because uh, they. They say that they it is not permissible to eat predators of the sea or scavengers of the sea, and they say that mackerel is considered a fish that is from the scavengers of the sea, like prawns, likewise, uh, scavengers of the sea. As far as uh, our deen is concerned, alhamdulillah, then everything, all of that, uh, they are all considered halal. All of that, so it's permissible to eat shark, and actually, it's it's very nice if you sauté it. <laughs> with the onions <laughs> and marinated, very nice. Nah. Yeah, no, there are uh, more than one narration concerning the uh, the one who urinated in the masjid. Uh, but this narration that Sheikh Abdul Muhsin mentions here, uh, it has and names him as. Dhul uh, Khwaisira names him as Dhul Khwaisira but there is another of course another narration uh, that refers to the person who uh, urinated in the masjid as another individual from among the Bedouin uh, uh, Arabs Uh, as far as as far as a poetry from the Salaf in reference to the Day of Judgment, then um, from the best of those who have spoken concerning the Day of Judgment, 
uh, is Al Imam Ibn Al Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala in uh, 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 his Nuniya. That Imam Ibn Al Qayyim he speaks about the Day of Judgment, he speaks about the hereafter, and he speaks about Jannah and describes Jannah in detail in uh, the in his Nuniya, yani in uh, numerous lines. Uh, Towards the middle and the towards the middle of, of his nuniya, uh, as far as sharing some with you, <laughs> Allah, 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 Allah. Oh, now that is likewise from the, from the animals that are, are different. Uh, that the scholars differ concerning, and there is quite strong difference concerning the crocodile. There is strong difference concerning the crocodile, uh, 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 whether or not it is from the animals that live predominantly in the sea or, or in the water, or predominantly because ordinarily most crocodiles live uh, in rivers, uh, or from the animals that live on land. And as for myself, I don't have a conclusion in that masala. Allah ta'ala. Uh, uh, um, as far as the hat, as far as hats are concerned, then I don't know of that ruling applying to hats. To my knowledge, it refers to sleeves and to yeah, the legs of trousers. Sleeves and legs of trousers and the, and the button, the, the ends of garments. As far as hats, then I don't know of it applying to uh, the applying to that to yeah, or that ruling applying to head headwear, uh, since the the imama or the turban um, from the turbans or those turbans that are wrapped in a particular way and then topped, um, and from the headgear. Uh, is the headgear that the Messenger of himself used to wear during battles that have uh, resemblance to the hats that many people wear now that are hats that have the two ears uh, uh, upon it two ears upon it that they would that when, the, when they would go into battle and they would wear it a particular way and then they would pull it down or pull the edges down after folding one, you know, the, 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 the boundary or the border of the hat Outside of battle, they would fold it down and enter into battle. Uh, and so, as far as that applying to headgear, then uh, to my knowledge, it doesn't. It is not applicable to the headgear, and Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. Allah.
As far as the love, Ikhwan, is concerned, as far as that which is prescribed from love, then as our brother mentions, uh, the love, Ikhwan, it should be regulated with the principles in accordance with the principles of the Sharia, and that we do not cause our love uh, and cause our mahabba to go beyond bounds until it falls into the, uh, the shirkiyat. Uh, and so a person, uh, because of his love and his reverence for an individual, he loves him over and above the love that he should have for Allah And so because of his love for him, he follows him in arenas that necessitate that he opposes the Messenger or he opposes the deen of Allah uh, And that then uh, is and should be regulated with a number of uh, affairs. From them the statement of the Messenger the Messenger he said, love the one that you love so much, yani, to an extent, because he may become the one that you have to hate one day, and hate the one that you hate yani, to an extent, because he may become the one that you have to love one day. So the Messenger advised that our love should be regulated by the likes of these texts of the Kitab and the Sunnah. Likewise, that our love is Lillah. And that our love is Fillah. That is, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man ahabba lillah wa akraha lillah oh, wa kariha lillah wa mana'a wa a'ta lillah wa mana'a lillah faqad istakmal al-iman Whomsoever loves for Allah and hates for Allah and gives for Allah and takes or prevents rather for Allah then he has completed Iman understanding those two texts necessitate then that if we love mathalan someone from the ulama that our love for them is love lillah that we love them because of that which they are upon from deen and ilm and khair and ibadah and barakah and that which has come from them from guidance of the people and them resembling the uh, uh, prophets and the messengers and them carrying out the tasks of those of those prophets in conveying the sharia and so we have love for them on that basis but our love should be lillah which would necessitate if it is for Allah that we would not oppose the deen of Allah due to our love for them that we do not cause the, the love that we have for them to 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 make us oppose Allah Azza wa Jal's deen because we love such and such an individual and that is the position that he has taken and it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't concern me what anyone else has to say. And so Ikhwan we see for example that when it comes to certain individuals, certain characters and uh, certain rumours that people have love for them to the extent that when it becomes clear that they have opposed the Sharia of Allah Azza wa Jal and when it becomes clear that they have opposed the methodology of Ahl Sunnah, and when it becomes clear that those mukhalafat and those oppositions, our scholars have spoken against that and clarified that, and then highlighted that there is an individual that we should be away from, distant from, and that we should not call to 
and that we should not rely upon our love for them causes us to oppose that advice of that scholarly advice our love for them causes us to look away from the errors that they have and the opposition that they have to the sharia because of the fact that we just love that individual so our love for the character now causes us to oppose the deen of Allah and that is when it falls into the realms ikhwan, uh, of uh, number one uh, the realms uh, of uh, kufr and shirk and that is if our love for an individual causes us to neglect and to abandon and to uh, uh, disregard the sharia we know that this is directly opposed to that which Allah Azza has legislated we know and we don't care because of our love for that individual we follow that individual blindly opposing the sharia of Allah Azza that at least at best is from the kabair al-dhunub and at worst is and may reach the level of shirk billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala and so our love and our hate should be regulated in accordance with the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we got we got him rabbits um i mean to my knowledge rabbits permits are halal to eat Irnab, to my knowledge ikhwan the rabbit is halal to eat um i mean i don't think they have claws ikhwan they have paws nice cute little ones <laughs> no to my knowledge the rabbit the irnab is halal and it doesn't have fangs neither does it have claws and it has uh, paws and it has little nails <laughs> Which are not quite, neither is it um, carnivorous. Neither is the rabbit carnivorous. And it's, to my knowledge, Ikhwan, as far as I uh, am aware, the rabbit is halal. And there isn't any prohibition against eating the rabbit. Uh, and we're going to have to round up on that now, Ikhwan, after shoot back to Birmingham. Jazakumullah khair. Sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala Nabiina Muhammad. Akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.